Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, November 19th, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adelia Jr. Joining me is my PS I Love You XOXO co-host, Janet Garcia. Yo, what's up? Not much, Janet. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's Friday. I'm here. I got my coffee. I got my PS I Love You jacket on. I'm ready to go. That is a very appropriate jacket to wear. One, because it is hashtag PSLL Fridays. But also, right before this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily went live, I just tweeted out, the bracket that we're doing on Monday's, well, Monday's recording of PS I Love You, which goes live for everybody on Tuesday, uh, for the best PlayStation character bracket. Janet, I don't know if you've checked it out yet or if you've had a chance to like even like think through it whatsoever. But I'm very excited for the initial reactions we're getting for this bracket because, as people know, right, we're doing the best PlayStation characters. It is a 64-character bracket like we've done in previous episodes of PS I Love You. And when I tell you that making this bracket last night was a conundrum because I was going through and I had, I, I had uh, asked people to write in to Patreon with their submissions for it. I had also asked, asked Twitter because like with so many spaces open for characters, I need a space to fill. And so, you know, er, last week I had put out the tweet of, hey, just re re reply with your character suggestions. Let me know what characters belong on a best PlayStation character bracket. And going through and taking in the suggestions and adding them to the list of characters that are going to be included into, into this bracket it is, I am very excited to argue, argue through this because there are characters that I didn't even think about that ended up making their way into the bracket and it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to go for it. I was just going to say, there's definitely like looking at the seating because like we were talking about it last night. I'm like, okay, what, what characters can we have in here? And then seeing how it, and you said it was randomly seated, but in some of the matches, I'm like, okay, cool. I feel like this is like maybe the easier answer or like, I think this, this one, I feel like there's a clear winner. But then some of them, are just heartbreaking because it's like only one can advance, but they're two really good characters. So I'm really excited for those conversations specifically. Yeah, that's always a tough thing when it comes to the random seating. You know, it was the thing I had to do just because I didn't have time to seat everything properly. And all, all of it is based so much on opinion and like your connection to these characters. So I felt like actually trying to seed these characters correctly, this would lead to people debating anyway. So I figured I'll let fate do it. I'll let God take care of the seating. And <laughs> that led to some unholy matchups. Kevin, I'm gonna drop a link in assets unless you already have the, the yeah, link to just the- Just heads up, your, mic, your mic's getting a little warbly. Oh, is it, it's getting warbly? How so? Do you have any it, suggestions? It, you know, I don't know. It's a new one no, for me where it's like randomly your voice fluctuates. I mean, I'll let you know if it happens. The only thing that I, I think of doing is uh, somebody in chat saying it's fine for us. No one's hearing that. If no one's hearing that, then maybe it's just my headphones. Yeah, maybe it just, it's just a weird uh, Discord thing. Um, but yeah, do you have the link to the uh, the bracket that I put on Twitter? Kevin? Do I have the link to the bracket that you put on Twitter? You want me I'll to put find that? Here, I'll is drop the link assets? in assets. I just dropped it in, in, in assets. Cool. So there's the link. And as Kevin pulls it up, one of the one of the matchups that I think is going to have people split the most is Solid Snake versus Kratos from God of War, oh which God. I saw and immediately like that is a first round matchup. And I saw it immediately. I was like, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. That's going to be a problem for people. And so and I can't wait for that one. Stand, huh? Wow. Hey, I was going to let fate decide it. You know, I, mean, I feel is like it a, is, if, is it a problem? I don't know. I feel if like I intervened, has... if I intervened, then it, this wouldn't be an honest bracket. Because it is randomized seating. I had to let I had to let it rock. We also got Peter Parker versus Joker from Persona Five, which I'm sure is going to uh, uh, tear the PlayStation fan base apart. Is it Joel though? Miller versus Tommy Rossetti from Vice City. The thing is, yeah, I like... feel like some of these are like painful matchups because I feel mm -hmm. like I'd like to see those characters advance. But I don't know. You tell me Kratos versus Solid Snake, and it's like. Solid Snake's gonna no win. Easy. No spoilers for it. No, what? No. Rip yeah, Solid Snake. this is what I'm talking about. Solid Snake's this great. Like about. it's not even no. a chance. Come well, on, yeah. man. It's not, it's not that Solid Snake isn't dope. It's just that, like, it's he's Kratos. Dopest. Like, he's I don't dopest. know. Oh, he's way Come dope. Come on now. 
This is exactly what I'm talking about. As soon as you started saying, Janet, I was like, just wait. Somebody yeah. on this call is going to disagree with you. Because I'm, also, I'm, ready, for Crash, I'm ready for characters. Crash Bandicoot to kill Raiden tonight. And by oh. tonight, I mean Monday morning. Oh, oh, we'll get there when we get there. That's going to be a really fun episode. And I think that's going to be the bulk of the episode. Usually we have segments. I think based on how these brackets have gone in the past, that's going to be probably the whole episode. I'm sure you'll be able to give some of your kid A amnesia impressions as well at the oh, beginning. Yeah. But we'll get there when we get there. Janet, for now, let's talk about today's stories, which include another Halo Infinite co-op campaign delay, uh, a Halo campaign preview roundup, and Rockstar apologizes for GTA Trilogy because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you next week is thanksgiving week in the united states so there is no kind of funny game daily or live streams after tuesday of next week we're taking wednesday wednesday through friday off i believe we have some content that's dropping like the scheduled stuff like kind of funny podcasts and all that stuff that should be dropping but don't expect anything live during those days and then speaking of next week, again, our PSLW XOXO best PlayStation character bracket is going down. We're recording that on Monday uh, on Patreon and then posting that on Tuesday for everybody. And if you're in the Patreon chat on Monday, you will have the the um, you'll have the privilege of being able to help uh, break the tiebreakers. Wherever me and Janet disagree and we can't break that disagreement, I'll I'll drop a straw poll in chat and you guys, the audience, can decide for yourselves who moves on in the bracket. It's going to be a fun time, so make sure uh, if you're on Patreon to tune in live for that one. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Pranksy and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by DoorDash, ExpressVPN, Amazon Music, and ButcherBox, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with a breaking one. This is one that I was adding to the doc as we were sitting down to record. Rockstar apologizes. I'm pulling from a post on Rockstar's website that is titled A Note from the Rockstar Games Team Re Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy, The Definitive Edition. It reads like this Hi, everyone. We want to provide an update regarding the unexpected technical issues that came to light as part of the launch of Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition. Firstly, we want to sincerely apologize to everyone who, who has encountered issues playing these games. The Grand Theft Auto series and the games that make up this iconic trilogy are as special to us as we know they are to fans around the world. The updated versions of these classic games did not launch in a state that meets our own standards of quality or the standards our fans have come to expect. We have ongoing plans to address the technical issues and to improve each game going forward. With each planned update, the game will reach the level of quality that they deserve to be. A new title update is on the way in the coming days for all versions of Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy, the definitive edition, that will address a number of issues. We'll update everyone as soon as it is live. In the meantime, it pains us to mention that we are hearing reports of members of the development teams uh, being harassed on social media. We will kindly ask our community to please maintain a respectful and civil discourse around this release as we work through these issues. While one of the goals of the Definitive Editions was to allow players to enjoy these games on modern platforms for many years to come, we also understand that some of you would still like to have the previous classic versions available for purchase. We'll be adding the classic PC versions of Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas back to the Rockstar store shortly as a bundle. Additionally, everyone who has purchased uh, Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy, the Definitive Edition for PC from the Rockstar Store through June 30th, 2022, will receive these classic versions in their Rockstar Games Launcher Library at no additional cost. We will update everyone as soon as these are back in the Rockstar Store. Once again, we'd like to thank everyone for their patience and understanding while we work through these updates to ensure these games meet everyone's justifiably high standards. Sincerely, Rockstar Games. Janet, is this a good statement? Ooh, I was not expecting that question. Um, is this a good statement? 
I'm going to say yes. Um, I think the only thing we're really missing here is an answer as to why it launched in this state and why it's not better, uh, as well as maybe a little bit more reassurance, even if it's just, you know, a sentence, like a very, like, canned sentence on this not being the case going forward. Like, what's to stop this from happening again? I think those are the only two parts it's really missing. And again, I don't think... It It is extremely rare, if ever, that a studio is truly like that transparent with something in a press release of behind the scenes stuff. That's stuff that if you're lucky, you'll get through reporting maybe one day, maybe a documentary 30 years later. Like, you know, people don't really tell you too much about how the meat is made, especially when the meat doesn't come out. Right. Um, but other than that, I think it's pretty solid. Um, you know, they have like I was really like as you're reading through it and like hearing about it. I was really surprised to hear the re-edition of the old games. Like, I think that, to me, almost says more than just the patches, because, you know, patches are sort of a known quantity at this point, and, and clearly there are issues. But I think this hit a lot of things I wasn't expecting it to hit. It took a, a bit of ownership of, like, hey, we messed up. We're going to make it right. Also, we're seeing harassment of our team. We're not cool with that, so, like, please don't do that. Also, we're adding back the things that, like, you wanted back. So I think it, it's it's hard to imagine it being too much better. Like I said, I did name a couple things that I think could have been added just to make it a bit stronger. Um, but yeah, I think it's a pretty solid statement and I'm a, I'm a bit surprised to hear it as well. Um, I think usually when there's patch notes like this, it's like, hey, we heard of there's some issues, so we're fixing them. But the fact that they're kind of acknowledging that holistically there were problems that go beyond unceremoniously dropping a patch uh, is surprising to me. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty uh, impressed by the fact that they're going back and reinstating the original games because that was one of the big issues, the fact that hey, we have these new games coming up, these remastered versions, these definitive editions for the classic trilogy. Oh man, a month before, we're going to delist the original games from the store. And I think half of it makes sense of, of the idea that maybe you want to eliminate um uh confusion or you don't want people or or these really are the definitive versions and so you you see them as something taking the place of the original games in the state that the definitive edition a definitive edition of the trilogy came out though 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 i feel like those don't really stand as the definitive versions as they should right we talked about it on our ps love you review that we did earlier this week about the bugs there and about like there are bugs in there are bugs to in this version that are specific to this version of the game right like it has a lot of those original bugs that you know and love from the original gta trilogy but the fact that it seems like these versions introduce even new bugs and introduce crashes and have a plethora of different issues um that are specific to them i think adds a lot of like oh man this sucks that i that i now can't buy the original versions when these versions in some ways are arguably worse than those oh. versions was that kevin sorry I thought someone gotcha. knocked my door. I thought my mic was off. Oh, my bad, guys. Gotcha, gotcha. No, you're, no, you're, you're, you're good. For a second, I was like, well, oh, no. Like, did I did I say a bad word? Did I <laughs> did, did I let it slip? Uh, but yeah, like the fact that like there, there there's the argument that you can make that like, no, these versions are terrible. Like these ver these versions don't do the justice of the original versions. I think splits the audience in a way where it's like, no, you should you people should have access to the, to those original versions. And I believe that just in generally just based off of video game preservation and how I like seeing that progression i like i like being able to go to the og and going this is the way i played it in 2004 and i want to play it like this in 2021 you know i think that's always a valuable thing to have that's why like i look at even n64 online and i look at the versions of the games that we have there for like things like um ocarina of time and mario 64 and other games that might have better versions available the fact that they're the original versions i think does speak to a charm it does speak to a hey this is a good thing because this this allows us to pr preserve this legacy and for people who are nostalgia for this version and allows them um uh the ability to go back and play those versions in a way that isn't as much of a hassle as busting out an n64 or a ps2 or a disc of gta vice city and so i like that they're that they're bringing those back um the them them starting off the statement saying that like um we wanted to provide an update regarding the unexpected technical issues it's like cool like how unexpected were they did qa really not catch a lot of this stuff was the game not rushed like I, a, a lot of that feels like it is kind of like sweeping that stuff under the rug but i do think that when it comes to statements like these the thing i care about more than words is action and it seems like there is action being taken right they are putting back those original games and they are talking about updates they're talking about an update coming later this week and they're talking about continually updating it until it gets to the place where we want it to be i think that should come with more clarity and more 
hey, here are the details of what we're doing. I'd love to see a blog post of them going, hey, we're fixing these bugs. We are fixing lighting in these areas. We're doing this, and we hope to have these things done by February or March. I think that is the next step. And of course, that's not something you can necessarily put together in a few days since the game just came out. And so I expect to see that um, at some point soon. But I do think that this statement is a good first step. Yeah, I like that you brought up the idea of the unexpected technical issues and how unexpected was it, you know? Um, and, a lot, and a lot of chat had that comment too of saying like, oh, it wasn't up to standards. Apparently it was because like you put it out there, right? Like, mm -hmm. so there's, that kind of speaks to a, a deeper issue. Um, and, and as a few people mentioned and you kind of alluded to, yeah, like ev the idea that like, oh, this people saying this must not have had QA, everything gets QA'd, like everything gets cute like yeah. even even some really 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 small projects if this QA'd. game didn't Maybe have qa by... you would you would know this game didn't have qa because it would be yes. a trash fire from step one like every like game from... has qa for the most part exactly like even like student projects to a degree have qa it might not be like yeah. professional qa testers but like they like everything has qa um yeah. and, and with and with that too just on that same note right like i don't put this on qa either qa right. is a small team uh, within many studios and Oftentimes, QA will catch stuff that pe that their leaders just will sweep under the rug or they're like, no, nah, that's a known shippable. We can rock with that. Like, we got to get this out the door. And so we see this issue, but we'll deal with that in the patch. Like, a lot of that doesn't come back on QA. A lot of that comes back on the people that make the decision to actually ship the game. They know what's wrong with it, not QA. Exactly. So I just I just want to acknowledge that like there there are many reasons aside from like I guess QA like didn't do it like that's not the reason that that is very likely not the reason. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then part of it, too, is like you do have to make those decisions. From, and these are things like I'm not privy to because I have never done development, but you have to decide like you have two things to fix like this one only a few players will experience but it breaks the game and like this one is more widespread but it doesn't break the game like which one do you do you know there's always a little bit of those decisions being made on absolutely all games especially games at this level but yeah the idea of it being unexpected is a little bit again it'd be kind of nice to get like a little a little peek behind the curtain if only to explain how this isn't going to happen moving forward though i'm sure they don't want to allude to anything about the future either because that's just going to spread more rumors about any other potential remasters they're doing um but i definitely think this whole situation changes how the conversation around future remasters will be had and also i think what people expect and want from other ones like i don't think they can unceremoniously drop a remaster again and have people have a positive reaction to that concept without you know showing more gameplay yeah. having previews like doing the kind of typical press cycle that you normally see in releases like this exactly and i what this release has i think drawn a lot of comparisons for people i've seen a lot of people comparing comparing it to cyberpunk 2077 and a lot of the trash fire releases we've seen from major publishers in the last few years i think of things like anthem i think of things like fallout 76 i think the the thing that really characterizes a release like this is how you follow up on it. Oh, because the, the uh, Kevin, your mic is still on, just a heads up. No, no, I know, but like your mic oh. just squeaked super loud. Like oh, I've been it? having an audio distortion issue the whole time. I, I mean, just Janet clearly it? didn't. Uh, yeah, Chats definitely notices it. You're like they're all Damn. going on. Um, yeah, right, cool. I, d I don't hear it. Uh, I also heard someone say in chat that like my mic got like a little robotic at the beginning. Yeah, so it, it's happening to both you guys now. It's like I'm I'm seeing the Discord do like the the exclamation point like the yellow exclamation point, but it's and so maybe it's weird that neither of you guys or like that Janet can't hear like you guys can't yeah hear like me each and Blessing are in our are in our own show where like there's no technological issues and yeah, everyone and else is like this show. is breaking. <laughs> Kevin, do you want to try and like shut down Discord and come back? Um, I don't think that'll do anything because uh, this is an mm -hmm. ongoing issue that Barrett's also having. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm doing research about it right now, so I mean, cool. We'll we'll carry on with the conversation. If you have any any solutions or suggestions, let us know. We'll abide by it. We'll do. Uh, but to continue continue on that thought though, the I've seen a lot of people making comparisons, right, to Cyberpunk and Fallout and other games. And I think the way the thing that characterizes these releases is how you follow up on them, and is the days and weeks and months after, right? And so like with cyberpunk 2077 that game comes out and they handled it the wrong way and we didn't really see good follow-up that game then got delisted from playstation they did they then did the refund thing right there where they were like oh you can refund the game and that led to even more issues uh uh i forget i'm, I'm trying to think of there's another example i had in my head that i lost because of, of the derailment but a lot of those oh fall 76 like had had 
a lot of issues weeks after launch, right? There was the whole thing with the special edition and the bag being the wrong material and like thing after thing after thing of just random, like, why did you have to step on this rig? Why did you have to do this? I think this statement is a good first step to, okay, we like, we don't have to keep stepping on rigs. If we can, ad we can address this, um, um, we can, we can address this right here and right now. And we can keep from like the continual stories of, oh man. And then Rockstar did this and oh man, GTA Vice City never got fixed. And oh man, we found even more issues in GTA three. I think that is something that you can avoid by I guess like leading with the right foot. And I think this is a first step to that. And so I hope, I hope, hope, hope to see them continue to like react to it in a way that feels more proactive than not, because we've seen it happen where, where it's not. And that always leads to trash fire. Same. Janet, let's talk about story number two. We got a bunch of Xbox news. Pretty much the rest of the world report is Xbox news. So let's jump into story number two. Halo Infinite campaign co-op and Forge mode suffer further delays. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. 343 Industries has further delayed Halo Infinite's campaign co-op in Forge mode. In August, the studio said the two features wouldn't be available when the game released, but that they'd arrive uh, during Halo Infinite's post-launch seasons. The plan was to release Halo Infinite campaign co-op with Season 2 and to launch Forge during Season 3. While that's still technically the case, as of this week, Season 2 and Season 3 will arrive later than previously planned. On Monday, 343 extended Halo Infinite Season 1, which was originally expected to conclude early next year, until May 2022. Head of Creative Joseph Staten said the decision was made to, quote, give ourselves more time to ensure Season 2 meets our high-quality bar and so we can finish development for Season 2 in a healthy and sustainable way for our team, end quote. And in a, in a new interview with Eurogamer, Staten confirmed that the, the delayed release of Season 2 and Season 3 uh, mean campaign co-op and Forge have been pushed back too. Quote, at the time uh, that we talked about campaign co-op and Forge, I said our goal is to ship campaign co-op in Season 2, and our goal is to ship Forge with Season 3, he said. He continued, yes, we are extending Season 1, so our goal still remains what I said before, which is to ship campaign co-op with Season 2 and Forge with Season 3. But those remain goals. Those remain targets. And we can't commit to any hard dates right now, because as we are seeing uh, with this multiplayer beta, other things might move up in the priority stack for us. End quote. Janet, what's your story with Halo? Have you been keeping up with Halo Infinite's uh, launch? Have you gotten to touch it at all? Uh, I haven't played it yet. Uh, I don't, I'm not really sure what I'll do with Halo, to be honest. Uh, I'm not really sure what Halo is doing with Halo all the, either, to be honest. Um, I mean, I think the thing that strikes me is a little bit odd, but maybe is I, I'm feeling a lot of, um, a lot of fear from the team, or you could also characterize that as caution because I, obviously we just had a story where it's like when you release stuff and it's not ready, like people will drag you like, you know, and I think Halo is such a big deal and important IP to get right. And this entry is so crucial. They have clearly shown that they're not worried about doing the delays on it. They want to get it right. And that is the number one priority, which you can argue is the priority to have. I'm not necessarily saying that this isn't the right move. They know their team and their cycle and what their team needs to be successful in a way that's healthy and sustainable. Um, however, I can't help but feel like this release is just very piecemealed. Um, like there's like the the multiplayer stuff's like early and then there's the campaign and then like way later, like you can do the campaign co-op and then there's also this other element. And on one hand, I think that's gonna allow for a continued conversation around Halo. So maybe that'll be, maybe this is the best thing that they could be doing on, on two fronts from a developmental standpoint and from like a marketing and conversation standpoint. Um, but just that cadence feels a little bit just, I'm just surprised by how this is sort of shaped out in terms of this being a very like weirdly staggered release, despite being like a contained game. Like that's just sort of my read on it. What about you? What's your experience with Halo and, and what does this mean for what Halo looks like for you next year. I think you make the good point in terms of the piecemeal thing, because I've been feeling that, that quite a bit too in terms of, yeah, multiplayer comes out early. We got campaign coming out in December. Then we got campaign co-op coming out as a feature later uh, sometime next year, and then Forge. And I think a lot of it, is easy to digest because this time around halo is free to play and it is treating itself as an ongoing platform and so i think we've gotten enough of those over the last decade where we understand what that is and it is easier to take in but i do think that le that leads to less of the big drop of uh december 8th comes through and all of a sudden you got campaign and it's 
fully fledged with all the features that you know and love. We got Halo multiplayer and today's Halo Day. I don't really think that you're going to have that same level of big impact, but I also think for Halo Infinite specifically, being the platform that it is, it doesn't necessarily need that, especially where, especially when, again, it's free to play and then also campaign is going to be on uh, uh, Game Pass. I mean, we got, we got a new story coming up about Forza, but like Forza has been a huge success, one of Xbox's biggest success uh, successes because of Game Pass. I think with that being the case, you're not, they're not necessarily worried about, ah, oh, fuck, are we going to miss out on the big drop? Are we going to miss out on the big shine? Because they're able to kind of take advantage of Halo being Halo and Halo having its audience that is going to show up for it. But then also ha having things like Game Pass and having um, being able to advertise it as more of a platform that is going to be ever growing as something that people are going to be able to accept and be down for. Because I think so far it has worked for Halo. Uh, it's been awesome to hear about how this version of the game has improvements over the over the test flights that they were doing. And even just this last week, they've they've done things like improve the battle pass, which during our uh, episode of Gamescast earlier in the week, that was the thing that I brought up, is that the battle pass felt very slow to level up. Uh, and it, it, um, one of the big issues with the battle pass is the fact that you can only level up through doing like the daily and weekly objectives, but not everybody necessarily plays that way. And it, it causes it to slow down. They're already reacting to that. And I think this is kind of the polar opposite of the last story where you want to be proactive and, uh, or what we talked about in the last story, I should say, where you want to be proactive and you want to like jump on things. And I think so far they are being very proactive in a way where it's all about clarity. It's all about them saying, hey, we want to do Forge. We want to do campaign co-op. Those are coming. But because of things we have to address right now, season one is going to be longer and you're going to get get those things later i do think it's a bit of a bummer just based off of what the fan base has had to say about campaign co-op specifically that seems like a feature you should have had for launch or held campaign for just based off of how much people care about campaign co-op but i at least at the very least like that they're being very transparent about it and talking about it and letting the audience trying trying to let the audience know around when they can expect it yeah, like that's my thing where I'm I'm just not sure if I'm going to get a, like I was planning on doing the campaign because I'm like, why don't we do multiplayer stuff anyway? Maybe I'll at least do the campaign. And I did the campaign of Halo 1, but I did that co-op. So it's like, well, I'd like I kind of wanted at least the option, but to like get mm -hmm. I have to kind of choose, like, am I doing this alone or am I going to wait to do it with someone else? But also if I wait, what if I end up not play like I'm, I don't want to not play it like twice over, if that makes sense. So I don't know. I have to decide what I want to do with this i guess i'll just go out there by myself and just go for it i'm not really sure well janet let's talk a bit about campaign because story number three is the halo infinite campaign preview roundup uh later i, I don't know when they're i guess today's friday isn't it so later today xcast is recording and they're gonna do a whole big uh halo infinite preview for the campaign and so you can look out for that with paris mike and gary and maybe more more people depending on who they're able to, to get for that and so look out for the full preview there. But I want to do a mini roundup of write-ups that people have done about the campaign. Because based on what the internet has to say, this campaign seems dope as fuck. I'm going to start off with Jeff Grubb at the... Well, it says here The Verge, but Jeff Grubb is from GamesBeat, so that's on me. Uh, Jeff Grubb at GamesBeat, uh, who put up a preview titled, Halo Infinite Feels Like Master Chief's Breath of the Wild. It reads like this. I'm playing Halo Infinite. And what I've found so far is that this game feels like a strong foundation for a new kind of Halo that still remains true to what this series always was. And while it is obviously now an open world adventure, it's one that feels closer to the latest Zelda than to Far Cry, and that's a good thing. At the same time, this is a Halo where Master Chief can capture bases, so it's not entirely unlike Far Cry. But the reason I keep getting Breath of the Wild vibes is due to two key factors. For one, Halo's developers have always treated it as a sandbox. And two, as Breath of the Wild is to The Legend of Zelda, so Halo Infinite is to Halo Combat Evolved. When it comes to that first point, I'm happy to report that the campaign is still a Halo-ass Halo game. Halo sandbox physics and combat encounters are still the core of the fun in the campaign, but now those scenarios act as bombastic punctuation to a satisfying ex exploration phase. This mixes up the pacing and keeps things fresh. And now, when you stumble across a new cluster of enemies, it's thrilling. Of course, Jeff uh, uh, writes even more. You can go over to GameSpeed to catch the full preview. Now I want to jump into a preview from Miranda Sanchez at IGN. The biggest surprise I had coming out of my first few hours of Halo, Infinite, Halo Infinite's campaign uh, wasn't the delightful exploration, nor the incredibly fun gunplay paired with Infinite's new equipment. Instead, it came down to the characters. 
Halo Infinite sees the legendary Master Chief once again tasked with saving the universe from yet another threat, and after five major campaigns, the Chief seems tired, sad even. He's a man of few words, but his movements in cutscenes and response to those who need him are heavier than, than I've seen before. This is Chief without Cortana. His subtle yet distinct change is far from a bad thing, though. If anything, Master Chief's forlorn demeanor that he sets aside to get the job done is a great indication to me that Halo Infinite's story is intended to be a more impactful adventure. I have thus far only explored a fraction of Halo Infinite, though the map isn't as large as an Assassin's Creed or Red Dead, uh, far from it, I'd say. What it does hold, uh, what it does hold seems to offer something more curated with excellent combat at its heart. It's closer to a Batman Arkham game in terms, of, in terms of its open world than the aforementioned games. After my time with it, I can say I'm confident I'll enjoy the exploration part of Halo Infinite. The story part is what I'm most curious about for now. And then I want to jump into one more from Nicole Par Carpenter at Polygon, uh, who titled her preview, Halo Infinite's campaign is equal parts familiar and surprising five hours in. And I'm going to jump in late uh, into the article. And so again, go to, these, uh, go to these sites, check out the previews. There's a lot more there to dive into. This is where the small details, those familiar sights and sounds, make a huge difference. It's the satisfying uh, whap of a car carbine blast hitting an enemy, the funny and often ridiculous dialogue from Halo Infinite's grunts, the small scenes set up uh, at, at offshoot camps with weapons and hidden sound bites, ways to eke out more story centered around the people uh, in the world. Halo Infinite is largely about Master Chief and his journey, but that doesn't mean that everything else is neglected. Some of my favorite moments playing Halo Infinite during this preview were stumbling upon small banished outposts uh, while driving around with a car full of eager Marines. I love navigating our doomed warthog uh, up rocks and sometimes off of cliffs, Marines egging me on as I sometimes made a perfect landing. Other times I wandered into shockingly hard battles that weren't even plotted out on the map. Where I, thought I was, where I thought I was simply clearing a propaganda tower, I ended up taking on waves of reinforcements with high-level troops. In the early hours of Halo Infinite uh, that I played for this preview, I found a few of the base-clearing missions to be repetitive. But as counterpoints to the more linear, sometimes corridor-heavy story missions, these side missions serve as refreshing changes of pace. Even after this four-mission preview, I've barely scratched the surface of Halo Infinite's newly unfurled world. Janet, I gave you a lot there. How does that sound to you? Does that get you more hype for Halo Infinite's campaign? Where are you at with it now? I don't know what to feel because these these all take very different angles, um, which is cool. Like everyone has their own style and how they want to do a preview or what they think the biggest takeaways are. Yeah, I also um, do, I also like try to find different angles just for yeah. just to give people different stuff to to uh, take in. So. Oh God, I don't know. And I had fun with the, like, again, I haven't played Halo in so long and I had, I had fun with what I played, but I think a lot of that fun was like, you know, hanging out with a friend over like voice chat. I don't, I don't know how much like the gameplay itself really saying to me. Um, I, I don't know if I'm, more, am I more or less interested? I guess I'm, I'm slight, I feel the, the same, but I feel a little bit more secure in the idea of this is something I should play um, just because everyone's overall take is positive. Like even the negatives have like, you know, I think Nicole's mention of the repetition is definitely of concern to me because I think that's kind of my thing with like a lot of shooters where I think a lot of times it's how do you make it go beyond and in some ways like maybe the story can do that in some ways maybe the, the mission structure or the side quest or the exploration can do that. Um, I'm still not totally sold on the fact that this won't feel at a certain point wrote but i am cautiously optimistic and i kind of like the idea of it being a somewhat more contained open world not open world in the way that we might think of it just because um i think it's really hard to execute on like a true open world in any game without becoming stale so i think the fact that it's going a little bit more of that like batman arkham route than you know something more grandiose probably makes sense given the story it's trying to tell and also like the gameplay mechanics it has to lean on that. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. And I, I don't know how I feel about that Breath of the Wild comparison either. I'm like, I don't know. What about that you? Is, What's the read on this? The Breath of the Wild comparison has me excited. I think just last week I mentioned that like, hey, let's not compare every single open world to Breath of the Wild because like there was this new story of the Sonic open world that's like supposed to be like Breath of the Wild or whatever. Um, that said, there are people who I trust in terms of when they when they make those comparisons 
they're they're making it with a certain purpose or have a certain thing in mind, right? I think Jeff Grubb is a person when he says that he is talking about a specific thing. And the way he describes it and the way that I've seen other people describe it in their other previews, it makes it sound like, no, we're talking about the sandbox thing in particular. We're talking about the freedom of play. We're talking about being able to go where you want and like um, uh, have that reactionary sort of gameplay where, oh man, okay, there's an enemy over there. I'm going to um, grab a hook over there and then I'm going to get air and I'm going to knock him out and then they're going to hit this other thing. And then like you're, you're, you're causing that chain reaction that I think Breath of the Wild is, is, is known for. That is the thing that gets me excited because uh, even even in the even in the preview where Jeff Grubb mentions Far Cry and how how he uh, uh, says that it's more Breath of the Wild than Far Cry, that appeals to me just in the sense that I don't I I'm not uh, looking for a oh god I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna insult Far Cry but it is what it is I'm not looking for something that's formulaic I'm not looking for something that is repetitive I'm not looking to just go in an outpost clear it out go to the next outpost. Clear it out. Then at the right? same time, the next line in that preview is, oh, yeah, but there are like bases. So it's not like it's totally off base. So yeah. I'm wondering like how, you know, I think you're you're highlighting of the sandbox portion where it's like it's not Breath of the Wild in the it literally is Breath of the Wild type where there's gliders and stuff. But it's like, OK, like in the in the construction. But then, yeah. And then, you know, again, I don't have a big Halo background. So like Halo Combat Evolved like that. I'm that's not you know, I don't have that comparison point in the same way, but mm. isn't, you know, the mention of Breath of the Wild is to Zelda as Halo Infinite is to Combat Evolved. Isn't the biggest criticism of Breath of the Wild is that it's not Zelda-like enough? So then I'm like, I don't know how yeah, to read that line wrong. then. But I mean, I'm, again, yeah. I don't think that's a problem, but like, isn't that the, you know, isn't this mostly unlike actually the other Zelda games? Isn't this the most like weird one of the mainline ones? So then how so, does that comparison read with I think, that context? I think the comparison he's making specifically is that Breath of the Wild, when you look at how it's structured and when, and when you look when you look at how it unravels and the freedom of it, it is actually most like the original the legend of, the Legend of Zelda game on NES. And I think that's what he's saying here, where a lot of the comparisons I've seen too is to the original uh, I forget the name of the big mission in the first Halo game where it is open areas and you're pretty much just going from area to area clearing clearing shit out. Uh, I think it's called Silent Cartographer. Um I, it seems like I, he's making that comparison more so than, oh, this is a Halo Infinite that totally redefines what Halo is. I think it's more, this is a Halo Infinite that understands what the original Halo was and tries to mm. take that and bring it in, like bring it into a new form, essentially. And that gets me excited because, again, I think that is going to speak to a lot of fans. And that speaks to me as something that is more fresh than the open world first person shooters that we've gotten in the last few years. You know, I, I like the idea that I'm going to be able to. Again, have the equipment at hand. Playing the the Halo Infinite multiplayer, I've gotten a good a good familiarity now and a good idea of what like the equipment is going to do. Right, like when you throw up the energy shield or when you use the grappling hook or when you use all all these different things at your disposal. When you have the cool ass arsenal of weapons, being able to have that in an open world environment and kind of use it to explore and use it to get around, uh, and like have that freedom of that first that first big Halo mission that you were, that you played on the original Xbox. I think that sounds really cool, and so I, I get super excited for that. Janet, we got more to talk about when it comes to Halo and when it comes to Xbox in the next few news stories. But before we get there, I want to remind everybody out there that you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Listen, the holidays are coming and everything is about to get a little crazy. Give yourself a break and let DoorDash take care of dinner because DoorDash brings what you want to eat right now and right to your door. With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. I love DoorDash so, so much. Uh, There's this burger place in San Francisco called 4505. Technically, they're a barbecue spot, but they are the best burgers in San Francisco. Francisco, and I love using DoorDash to get them. I just got it yesterday for lunch. Fantastic stuff. Uh, for a limited time, you guys can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. That's 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021. Don't forget that's code games two. 021 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Next up, shout out to ButcherBox. If you've ever had a good piece of meat, you know what I mean when I say there's nothing quite like it. If you haven't, 
What are you waiting for? Invest in some high quality meat from ButcherBox. Never scour the grocery store for that 100% grass-fed beef or free-range organic chicken again. I will never forget the day that Kevin Coelho decided to do a ButcherBox spread. We had some bacon. We had some sausages. We had some steak. We had some burgers. It was fantastic. ButcherBox only bring in the best. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home with free shipping for the continental U.S. Each box contains between 8 to 14 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual meals. ButcherBox is offering new members free bacon and $20 off your first box. Who doesn't love free bacon? Come on. This offer is ending November 21st, so get this deal before it's gone. Sign up at ButcherBox.com KFGD. That's ButcherBox.com KFGD to get free bacon and $20 off your first box. Next up, shout out to ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is basically like leaving your stuff at your table when you run to the bathroom in a coffee shop. Most of the time, you're probably going to be okay, but there's always the chance that you'll come back and everything's going to be gone. Listen, every time you connect to an unencrypted network like at cafes or hotels or airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your data and sell it. That's bad. You don't want none of that. But ExpressVPN stops all that by creating a secure encrypted tunnel between your device. All you got to do is open the app and click one button to get protected on all of your devices. I've been using ExpressVPN. My internet has been safe and I absolutely love that. I use it on all my devices, whether it's my phone, my computer, my TV, all of it. Come on, I'm trying to be safe. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash games that's e-x-p-r-e-s-s-v-p-n.com slash games and you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash games and finally shout out to amazon music uh you clearly have great taste in podcasts because you're listening to this right now why not try out amazon music where you'll find tons of binge worthy podcasts amazon music has more than 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to but it's not just podcasts they also have thousands of music stations and top playlists to stream for free you can try out amazon music unlimited that gives you an unlimited access to 75 million songs plus podcast music videos and more with unlimited skips uh they also have Dolby Atmos. That's what I've been using a lot of. It's been super awesome in this room, but also super cool with the headphones, getting a lot of the spatial audio going on. If you've never tried Amazon Music Unlimited, now is a great time for a limited time. New customers can try Amazon Music Unlimited free for three months. Give it a shot. Try it out. I'm telling you, try the spatial audio stuff. It is a trip. Uh, No credit card required. Just go to Amazon.com slash KFGD. That's Amazon.com slash KFGD to try Amazon Music Unlimited free for three months amazon.com slash kfgd renews automatically cancel anytime terms apply we got even more xbox news story number four phil spencer is evaluating their relationship with uh activision blizzard following kotick allegations this is james bachelor at gamesindustry.biz Xbox boss Phil Spencer is considering taking action against Activision Blizzard as the outcry against its CEO, Bobby Kotick, continues to escalate. Bloomberg reports Spencer sent an email to all Xbox staff addressing the situation, which began with a Wall Street Journal article earlier this week. The article claimed Kotick had been aware of sexual misconduct within Activision Blizzard for years and gave examples of his own toxic behavior, including, among other things, threatening to have an assistant killed and overruling a decision to fire Treyarch co-head Dan Bunting following claims of sexual harassment against him. In his email, Spencer said he and the gaming leadership at Microsoft were, quote, disturbed and deeply troubled by the horrific events and actions at the Call of Duty publisher. Spencer added that he is, quote, evaluating all aspects of our relationship with Activision Blizzard and making ongoing proactive adjustments, end quote. There are no details on what form this action might take, but Xbox is a key platform for Activision Blizzard given the popularity of its Call of Duty franchises uh, and titles like Overwatch among Microsoft's console community. Quote, this type of behavior has no place in our industry, Spencer added. Spencer's comments follow those from PlayStation head Jim Ryan, who wrote in a similar email to his, st- to his own staff that Activision Blizzard, quote, has, done, has, has not done enough to address a deep-seated culture of discrimination and harassment, end quote. I want to give a big shout out, shout out to Phil Spencer, because, like, he's been on it this week in terms of just, like, the, 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 uh, like, just the good statements, like, saying all the things that people want to hear, right? He had the NF- NFT thing that he was talking about earlier this week and about how he wasn't really feeling, feeling N- N- NFTs uh, in video games just because he doesn't, he doesn't like how it can be manip- manipulative, manipulative, did I said that right, uh, and all those sure. other things. 
And there are plenty of other Phil Spencer statements where he's 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 just be, he, he's just doing a great job out there. Janet, uh, how are, where are you at with this latest update on this Activision Blizzard stuff? I mean, I think it's really good and important for leadership across industries to have these kind of statements to teams because it's like, I mean, man, this stuff just it just gets so dark. Like I even saw like, you know, people on our side of the industry just being like, you know, it's hard reporting on this and like, you know, doing everything and, and taking it all in. And then at the same time, you turn around and you're like, do your regular the other parts of your work, which, you know, sometimes involve just general criticism or just like things that kind of feel, I think, more trivial in the light of such serious allegations uh, and situations and things people have really had to suffer all in the process of like making these games we know, love and talk about constantly. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been a, a heavy week in a lot of ways for a lot of people. And I think it's important for bosses to, you know, step up and be leaders like that. Like that is part of what your job is. So for, you know, Phil and so many others to like say to make these statements to their team, I think is really important because it's clearly going to be on everyone's mind. It's like a huge part of what's going on in the industry right now. Um, I think the comment on, you know, evaluating aspects of our relationship with Activision Blizzard and making ongoing proactive adjustments, I, I'm really curious as to what, what does that mean? I mean, again, like it's Activision Blizzard has such a foothold in the Xbox ecosystem. It is hard to imagine a world where they do something incredibly drastic there, just purely based on finances but also i don't know i've seen a lot of wild stuff happen this year in the last few years so i don't hey, know like, it, that would be insane if you if you would ask me a year ago is playstation and or xbox like do do they have it in them to delist call of duty i'd be like no way no way they couldn't they couldn't in a post cyberpunk 2077 world PlayStation is not to be fucked with, and I and also Phil Spencer not to be fucked with. I know like I I know Xbox did, didn't do the dealist thing, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven thing, but I don't think they're above it. I I think I I could see the case where both platforms go. All right, if we delist Call of Duty and all of Active Activision's biggest games, they will have to do something. And I and we've talked about it a lot this week as we've gotten more updates and we got as we talked about the walkout as you talked about even even a group of shareholders that have been requesting for Bobby Kotick to step down. This is gaining more and more steam and it is only going to, the only way that we're going to get Bobby Kotick out of there is if it hurts their wallets. And I think the combined effort of the shareholders, the audience, the workers, and now the console manufacturers, I think that shared effort could push it over the edge. If PlayStation and Xbox were like, yo, let's get Call of Duty out of here for, for the time being until Bobby Kotick steps down or until some meaningful action takes place, I think some meaningful action t will take place, right? Like, yeah. this is it's not an unheard of thing, especially, like, I remember, like, I remember actually multiple times, like, a decade ago where I would be, this is a completely different situation, but I think it's similar similar in in tone where I would, um I had DirecTV as, like, a, um, uh, as a television service back in the day. And there would be weird times where I would go and I'm like, oh, I want to watch Nickelodeon or Comedy Central. Um, and for whatever reason, just in a random week, they're gone because Viacom and like another company are having a beef for some reason. They can't agree on terms. Like if that can happen, I think PlayStation and, and Xbox could theoretically do the same thing for Call of Duty. I, I, I think there's an option there. I... I don't know if it's actually going to happen. I think that is a huge step and, you know, we'll, we'll see about it, but you know, I hope, I, I hope they make, they make a big action like that. I hope they do something because I think they do have the power and they, they do have that direct power, that direct line to their pockets, right? They can actually hurt their pockets in that way. Yeah. I'm not really sure what the, you know, behind the scenes legal issues that they might run into where i don't you know I'm, I'm sure it's not like as simple as you know just untoggle call of duty from like the list of games on the store or something um but i think more so um in terms of negotiations and moving forward with business i think that could be where we really see um a stronghold take place or them kind of like sort of giving a form of an ultimatum when it comes to making like future deals um again i don't know how much of that we'll even be able to know i do think this is definitely a story that a lot of people seem eager to provide information on and there's obviously a lot of like really strong reporting coming from um these different stories and issues and and kind of getting i mean even this right is like something we kind of aren't we would not usually know they're not going to be like hey by the way i sent this email to my staff but something that we found out about so i'm not sure how much we'll learn about any additional behind the scenes discussions with like future contracts or anything but i imagine that this will at least seems like it'll take place in the conversation um that or you know it's, it's either that would happen or Spencer is like, 
lying. Those are the only two options, right? Because mm-hmm. if he's if, if what he's saying is true, then that has to be part of those conversations that he's having with folks over at Activision Blizzard that his team is having. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on the assuming this is true because that is the more positive uh, thing. And I'm kind of like reading, taking the statement as is. Um, I think that's what we'll kind of more so see. I don't know if it would get that deep where we would really see that secondary action happen. But I've, yeah, again, we've seen really wild stuff. We've seen delistings of Cyberpunk. We've seen, you know, price changes and then immediately taking back the price change and then adding something for, you know, pe- like folks are really reacting to like what's going on in the space. Um, so I don't know, anything's possible, but I'm, I I would be, that would be huge if that happens. That would yeah. be like, like almost inconceivable to think big. about. Yeah, statements like these, I think should come with, big actions and so i hope i hope you see some some kind of big action let's round out the roper report with story number five forza horizon 5 has had the biggest first week in xbox history this is jared moore at ign microsoft has confirmed that forza horizon 5 has seen the biggest launch of any xbox title in the history of the company with 10 million players jumping into playground games beautifully reimagined mexican landscape within its first week In a tweet from the official Forza Horizon Twitter account, the company confirmed that it was the biggest launch for a game in Xbox history, obviously meaning it's broken those records for Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Game Studios too. Uh, Quote, thank you you to the more than 10 million hashtag Forza Horizon 5 fans for the biggest first week in at Xbox history and at Xbox Game Pass ever, end quote. That's from Twitter. Prior to the announcement, Xbox uh, boss Phil Spencer also recently revealed that the game had experienced the largest launch day of any Xbox Game Studios game ever. The open-world racing game amassed over 4.5 million players in its launch week, uh, where it also featured peak concurrent player count uh, heights over three times the size of its predecessor, Forza Horizon 4. Janet, did this one surprise you at all? Oh, a little bit, just because we've seen a lot of now, granted, there's not like a lot of like really big marquee launches on Xbox necessarily, especially like exclusive stuff. Um, that's kind of the whole conversation around Xbox. But I'm a little surprised for this one to be the one to take it just because it is, uh, you know, we had that argument. How niche is Forza Horizon? Um, you know, 10 million people. Um, but I am a little bit surprised given that it is still a racing game. And it makes me curious about what Halo is going to do. Um, but, you know, shout out to that team because I, I really love Forza Horizon. And uh, I think definitely from there's been a lot of conversation this week about Forza maybe like not getting enough love or like, you know, wanting people to appreciate it more. I think clearly there is just a huge audience there. And, um, you know, it was an, it was an awesome release. And I think it also shows that they kind of had, um, a good situation set up too, where they had that you could, you know, get pay it up front, get the early access or you could wait. Like I saw a lot of people so excited about this game that they're like, I have game pass and I'm still going to buy the full edition. Cause I want those extra days. Like there was just so much passion around this release. Um, so yeah, shot to the team. I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised, but it's not totally shocking in the sense that the racing community is a niche community, but it's also a very like passionate one. And I know a lot of people who were really, really looking forward to this release as like one of their most anticipated games of the year. Yeah, 10 million is huge, right? And I think I, like that is that is a big number and that speaks a lot to the power of Game Pass and also the power of Forza Horizon. It is it is an excellent franchise and Forza Horizon 5 is an excellent excellent video game. Uh so yeah, big congrats there. Uh it's awesome to see. And I wonder the thing I wonder is how much this continues to get upped as we get more games, right? Like when Playground Games release Fable, how does that up the the, the ante? When Halo Infinite uh, campaign comes out, right? How much does that up the ante? When Red, Redfall and other games that might, when Starfield comes out, like how much is Starfield, how many active users is Starfield gonna hit at launch day when that is available on Game Pass? I think those numbers are gonna be astronomic and I think that's I think that's huge, right? I think that's gonna be really good news for Xbox and Game Pass and what that service is and what the platform becomes when you have these kinds of numbers uh, in uh, numbers for the first month in the first month of your launch. That is ridiculous. And so we'll continue to see about that. Janet, I'm very excited to see what Starfield's numbers are one day. But that day is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Mm, Out 
today we got Pokemon Brilliant Diamond for Switch, Pokemon Shining Pearl for Switch, Nerf Legends for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Battlefield 2042 for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PC, Whiskey Mafia, Leo's Family for Switch, Despotism 3K for Xbox One, City Traffic Driver for Switch, Sports and Wild Pinball for Switch, 20 Ladies for Switch, Razor Wire, Razor Wire Nano Wars for Switch, Exertus Redux for Switch, NASCAR Heat Ultimate Edition Plus for Switch, and then Toy Tinker Simulator for PC. I am I will never fail to be impressed by the simulators that they can fucking bust out. Like that is wild. Toy Tinker Simulator. How did we get here? How did we Probably get here? Probably from from the game, the PC simulator, I think, is where we got here. Was that a game? PC simulator? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like a PC building simulator. You like build a PC. That's a thing. Is that like was yeah. that was that a while ago that, that that came out? Yeah, I think it was like fairly a while ago, but also time's very warped for me. So I'm sure someone will be like, oh no, it was three days ago. No, I think it was a while ago. I think it was like at least half a year to a year ago. I swear we're getting simulator games by the by the week. That sounds right. I that's I remember the day it came out, Mike wanted to do it on stream. And like, although that doesn't feel like too long ago, that could be like six months ago. I feel you. I feel you. That's I think the crazy. first one, the first one that really opened my eyes to it, I think was, um, like, what was it called? Truck simulator, truck driving yeah. simulator, or something like Someone that. Someone said we should get a snug slacks in the chat. That's hard to say. Said we should get simulator simulator on Switch. That I'm sure that's gonna come out. Is that I'm, dreams? If that's not already out, dreams is kind of, is kind of a simulator simulator. We're gonna that that a game with that title is already is either already out or on the verge of coming out. Like there is no way that we don't get simulator simulator in a world where it, is gold simulator in like a world the one where, in a world where we are living in a simulation. I think we will get simulator simulator. That's three simulations. It's like Inception levels of of, of deep dive. Uh, is gold simulator like the one that came out and like blew open the doors for goofy simulators? I think nah. I think Sims were always. I think Sims have probably been rocking in the space for a really long time. Like I know, I know I we got simulator. Sims. People take farm simulators like, seriously, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 but like that's like a serious sim. I'm talking about to the point where it's like, yeah. oh, we can make a simulator out of, out of everything. I, I, I mean, I do think the first silly one that I heard of was the goat simulator. People in chat yeah, are also saying Surgeon physics. Sim. Mm, yeah, was Surgeon Sim before Goat Simulator? No yeah, I believe know. it was. I think it, I'm pretty sure it was. I don't think there's any way to know. Damn, it was Goat Simulator. It says Blue Band in chat. I think there's a lot there's a lot of opinions here. There's a lot of opinions. I don't think anybody can know for sure. Nobody can know for sure. Do you know what you can know for sure? What today's NVIDIA GeForce update is, because remember that we've partnered with NVIDIA to keep you updated on all the latest GeForce uh, GeForce RTX additions to your favorite games are including oh man. Mm, I don't someone somebody went in this dock and changed the thing. Icarus RTX beta weekend. No, I don't think... Am I in the wrong dock? No, no, are you you're, at... you're in the I I think that Tim went and touched some stuff up. Oh, I see, yeah. I see, I see. We got multiple updates for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's start with Battlefield 2042. We got a full game launch. Uh, when enabled, you can use NVIDIA DLSS from day one to get the definitive PC experience with maxed out graphics, high frame rates, and uncompromised image quality. Thanks to thanks to the up thanks to the up to two times performance boost offered by NVIDIA DLSS at 4K on GeForce RTX 30 series GPUs. And then we also got Icarus RTX Beta Weekend. The final Icarus uh, Beta Weekend starts at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and features the additions of NVIDIA's RTX uh, Global Illumination Ray Tracing plus NVIDIA DLSS. You can also access the beta on GeForce Now, NVIDIA's cloud gaming service. Icarus will be one of the first games in the world to use ray trace global illumination in an open world setting. What this means for Icarus is you'll be able to see more detail in the undergrowth shaded by trees, better lighting in caves, forest fires that reflect off soon to be burnt cabins, beautiful dropship takeoffs, and more detail at nighttime. Shadows will have more detail in them and fewer dark patches. The lighting will change as bases are built or trees are chopped. I'm all about that good lighting. I love me some good reflections and good lighting. New dates for you. Zoria, the Celestial Sisters, is set to launch on February 8th for Nintendo Switch and PC via Steam and the Epic Game Store with full cross-play functionality enabled from day one. 
Uh, remember that you can go to patreon.com slash games where you can write in, uh, get your questions read on the show, skip the ads, but also you can write in with your squad ups just like Rocket Guardian did. Rocket Guardian wrote in with a squad, bo- with a squad up on Xbox slash PC and says, yo, what up? I'm looking to get all the best friends together this weekend for some custom big team games on Halo Infinite. I'm on the East Coast and looking to get together at a, about 8 or 9 on Saturday night. If you want to play with Rocket Guardian, you can add them with the username Rocket Guardian, all one word. That is Rocket Guardian, all one word on Xbox. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. And I don't think this is you're wrong, but uh, I'll read it anyway because we don't have anything else in here. Uh, Mr. Jantix writes in and says, Forza Horizon 5 has an upgrade bundle for Game Pass holders that was only $45, which gives you all the bonuses for the $100 version, including early access. I don't think we talked about that at all, but hey, just so you know. I think I mentioned that some people, um, you know, paid to upgrade. and I think they're just clarifying how that wasn't that much of like an extra ask financially as it would be if you bought Strap the Gate. But still, $45 when you could have spent nothing and just waited. But yeah, that is like a cool shout out. Gotcha. Remember that next week is a short week. Your hosts for next week are on Monday. You got me and Tim. Then on Tuesday, you got Tim and Gary Witta. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Battlefield 2042 with Mike, Nick, and Andy. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.